The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. I thought I would make sure everybody knows where they're at. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio, Search Engine Optimization Channel, or from SEMSynergy.com, or you can look at it on iTunes. For those of you who ever heard one of my videos uh, on the subject, uh, I'm quite passionate about the importance of analytics data, web intelligence, which is why we're an Omniture certified agency. We do a lot of Google work, but analytics is the way to measure success in SEO. And quite frankly, I can't think of a better way in analytics to know if your site is reaching your customers. With that said, we have a very special program lined up for you today and some rather exciting guests. Today's theme is all analytics. It's all interviews and it's all experts. We're welcoming Avinash Kashik and Daniel Weisberg, authors of Web Analytics 2.0, Empowering Customer Centricity, a two-part paper actually published by the SEMJ.org Search Engine Marketing Journal. Also on the show is Jim Stern, founding president and current chairman of the Web Analytics Association. Clearly, we are analytics-focused today. If you weren't sure, this is going to be a rather detailed, uh, intriguing exploration of the web analytics area. Virginia, take it away. Thanks, Bruce. This is Virginia, and I'm here with Avinash Kaushik and Daniel Weisberg, two incredibly notable web analytics experts who almost need no introduction. Avinash and Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Daniel Weisberg is the head of web analytics at EasyNet Search Marketing, an Israeli firm, as well as the chair of marketing of the Web Analytics Association. And Avinash Kaushik is the author of Web Analytics, An Hour a Day, and the Analytics Evangelist for Google. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that Avinash is someone who truly deserves the title of guru when it comes to analytics. Um, And together, they have recently co-authored a two-part series for the Search Engine Marketing Journal or SEMJ, uh, and it's called Web Analytics 2.0, Empowering Customer Centricity. Uh, The first part of the paper has already been published, and then the second part, we're we're waiting for that to come out soon. Um, So in the first part, you kind of go over current best practices of web analytics. Um, What are some of the factors that you found have proven to be successful in getting an organization excited about web analytics data? Okay, so I'll start with that one. Uh, in my experience, uh, there are two very effective ways to, to get an organization uh, excited about web analytics. And the first one is essential to talk about revenue or products sold or anything that represents the bottom line. 
people get very excited when you show them that you're turning the website into a money machine. Bounce rates, time on site, and pays per visit are metrics that should come naturally. Otherwise, you can scare people. And I think the second is really important to involve other people. One easy and best way we use at EasyNet is to place bets when our tests go live. So it makes people get interested in what is being tested, and they feel that they contribute to it somehow. I think these are very important things uh, to get people involved. Yeah, and, and I, I just wanted to add, I mean, I had written a, a post about, you know, like how to excite people about web analytics a little while back, and, and you can find it at uh, tr.im slash waxcite. And essentially what, what I had said amongst the things I had said, there were two important things. And I think one thing is that what we end up doing as analysts and, and anybody who touches data is we tend to puke a lot of data out. I think it's a default tendency. We've got tons and tons of reports. And let us simply impress the people in our organization by puking tons and tons of data out because more numbers are better than less. So yeah, I think we should resist the temptation to just puke a lot of data out and tie to outcomes, as Daniel had said. Um, the other thing that I think um, is, is very, very important is to try and try and um, make pe- make things exciting for people by, you know, uh, holding regular meetings. Uh, I, I I used to do this all the time, which is I would say, you know, we're going to have twice a week, we're going to meet together, meet and in a in a conference room, and we're going to share best practices with each other and to create this sense of community. Um, the other one is I, I used to do a lot of contests. I love doing contests and pitting people against each other and taking bets on which test might win or which campaign might come out on top. And it kind of gets people interested in this process um, that's happening in, in, the, in the company. And, and the other thing is that it, it's very, very important that you – sort of broaden the horizon of what it means to be using data, because data is not just what you might be able to get from Omniture and WebTrends. There's lots of different sources of data that you can use. Uh, so anytime that you can get the people in the company to watch a usability test, anytime you can get people in your company to participate in, in a follow-me-home visit or those kinds of things you're doing, it connects people with, in your company with customers, and that's really another great way to sort of um, bring about a sense of excitement and participate in participation in the process of making decisions. Speaking about exciting analytics, in part two of the paper, I was given a little sneak preview here as I um, got ready for this interview. Uh, You both propose um, a pioneering concept for the future of web analytics called Web Analytics 2.0. Why is it time for a new process? I think it's because... For the most part, we actually limit our thinking significantly when we think about web analytics today because for most people, it's defined by the clickstream analysis tools that are available in the market. So Google Analytics. So for, for a lot of people, web analytics is Google Analytics. Or for a lot of people, web analytics is that counter. And the reality is that the data that you get on your website, so let's say when, I, when I'm trying to figure out what is, how do I measure success for BruceClay.com? Well, um, my default approach might be, let me just log into the Google Analytics account and figure out how I can give them insights. The reality is that's just a small part of the process of getting insights. So uh, a good example might be that I can know, I might be noticing a graph of visitors to BruceClay.com and I'm noticing it increasing 5% month after month after month. That's great. Right? I might celebrate, we might have champagne in the office and things like that. But if, if, how, 
what I'm not answering is, is the more important question. How is the ecosystem around Bruce Clay growing? And, and in that context, am I making great decisions? So, so here is a completely random example, right? So Bruce Clay has been growing 5% a month. But if I step back and log into Compete or Google Trends for websites, I might notice that all of the other three main competitors of BruceClay.com are growing at 90% month over month. Suddenly, no champagne, you know, no soup for you. That's, and, and I think what happens is most of the time we limit the view of the data we think it's important to make decisions. Another one could be that you might notice that um, bounce rates are going up on, um, you know, my blog, Occam's Razor, month after month after month. But, but, but I can struggle myself to try and guess why that's happening. Or I could say, you know what, I'm going to expand the definition of what it means to do data and do on-exit surveys. Or I might go to usertesting.com and run some, some usability there to try and ask my customers to tell me and bitch about what's wrong with my website. Now, that's another component of data. So the reason that it's, it's, it's time to sort of embrace this concept of WebAntics 2.0 is that our core clickstream analysis tools are very limited in the view of data that they give. And if we truly want to understand um, what kinds of actions to take, we need to explore and use different kinds of data. Just Um, just to add to Avinash, I think I agree with him that today companies are focusing too much on numbers and too little on insight. And we see managers, today they want the website to look good, but they don't understand that what matters is not what they want. The site must fulfill the customer needs. So we, it really, it's really about the customer. That's why we call it also a customer-centricity approach. And Web 2.0 it proposed a framework that will help companies focus on the customer, not on the CEO or the CMO, or as Avanash defined, the people, the highest paid person opinion. As, as a way of expanding the view, um, is that kind of what uh, the approach is when you, you start looking at secondary objectives? It's, it's very much. I think that um, the, the, core, the core idea behind this idea of having many secondary objectives was, was that we all tend to focus on the main purpose of the website. So I, I tend to call that, uh, you know, what your big conversion point is. So on BarackObama.com, it was to get donations. On BruceClay.com, it's to get people to sign up for webinars or download white papers, right? On my blog, it's to sign up for RSS feeds. Of course, on Amazon and Zappos, it's that somebody places an order. And I think we tend to obsess perhaps a bit too much about the main purpose of the website. The average conversion rate in the United States for the top retailer is something around 2%. And, and, and so, so if you think about it, you, you spend your entire life, I spend my entire life, focusing on trying to think about what 2% of the outcomes are and only focus, obsess about 2%. I think what's very important for people to do is figure out what is important about the other 98% of the people who will never convert on your website, whether you're an e-commerce, non-profit, or for-profit website. Um, we should not simply focus on the 2%. Uh, we should figure out what are all of the other jobs that a website is trying to do and then figure out how we're, so measure, uh, how we're uh, doing in terms of all of those other successful criteria. So, for example, I met some executives from Nordstrom's yesterday in Seattle, 
And and I said to them, you know, for Nordstrom's.com, I will measure absolutely what the big objective is, which is to get orders from people who come to our websites, right? That's, that's done deal. We're going to do that. But why don't we also measure what, how many people apply for a Nordstrom's credit card? How many people sign up uh, as leads for our email campaigns? How many people create wish lists on Nordstrom's.com? How many people, as a result of visiting our website, friend us on Twitter and Facebook? How many people do X, Y, Z? How many people sign up for personal shoppers in stores? How many people printed directions to our map? So you can see that Nordstrom's.com website is trying to do 10 different jobs for people who come to its website, and yet most of the success is simply measured by number of orders placed. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying if you don't measure these secondary objectives, you're not measuring the holistic success of your website, and that really is a crime against humanity because your website is doing so many successful things for you. If you're not measuring, if you're not quantifying value for your company, you're not able to tell your senior decision-makers, look, Look, we made $20 million in revenue this month, but the reality is when we compute all of the other jobs that our website has done, that number actually is $45 million. And that's the reason that really strongly encourage people to measure both the macro conversions but also all the micro-conversions because they help you get a really good appreciation for what you what outcome you're getting. So for example, if, if I hired BruceClay.com to give me great advice and do a lot of wonderful, fantastic SEO, and I measure, I, I, let's say I play, pay BruceClay.com uh, $1 million to do SEO, and I can see, wow, my revenue increased. As a result of that, I got $10 million ROI on SEO. Well, that's great, but that's only one part of it, right? If I do all the micro-conversions, I might go, my, it might turn out that BruceClay.com did not just get me $10 million, they actually got me $15 million of incremental revenue, in which case I should probably pay BruceClay.com even more than I already did. Does that make sense? Definitely, yes. Um, and, okay, so there was another interesting idea that you introduced at the end of part to the paper, the idea of the prosumer, um, a consumer who wants to be more connected or interactive with the, uh, the, the site and the product. And actually, Daniel, you wrote an article this summer um, for Search Engine Land about using user-generated content to improve organic search results and conversion rates. And it, me- and it mentions the fact that, you know, user-generated content, these involved consumers, it's all kind of coming together. So what metrics should we be paying attention to when measuring the effectiveness of user-generated content? Yeah, so I think the, the first person to coin this term was uh, Seth, Scott, Seth Scott and Williams on Wikinomics book. So today what is great about the internet is that people, they, they don't want to consume content, they want to to be proactive. They want to, to publish things. They want to change the website. And I think a, a, an excellent website is the bbc.co.uk, where you can customize pretty much everything. You can customize the color, of, the color of the website, what content you see on the page. So you can customize everything. Well, of course, I Google as well. So the same, it, it happens on, on, on all the web. So if you don't change your website, that's fits your customer needs, they'll just go look for something else. Like they, they have 
thousands of websites. So they must feel at home. And the first first time I, I measured user-generated content, I, I used the Avanash's blog, Ocon Grazer. And what we tried to see is how uh, uh, people, people uh, uh, readers' comments, they affect the website's uh, success. So we measured all kinds of things. And what we saw is that important metrics, they should be, for example, the quantity of comments. So how many comments or how many feedbacks you have on the website, the linkability of the content, which means does it help to connect the content on the website, uh, to interconnect the website, the strength of the content, which means are they using the targeted keyword? So if you're, I don't know, if you have a book website, for example, Amazon, so are people using uh, keywords that are helping them uh, rank higher and attract more people to the website, and brand awareness or conversation with the marketplace. A lot of people saying like, positive things or negative things. What can you learn from, from what people are writing on the website? And there are all kinds of user-generated content. And also, today, you can pretty much use many tools like uh, 4Q. It's an online survey uh, provided by by perceptions and Avanash Kaushi, and they provide it for free, and you can ask your customers, are they succeeding on the website, and what, what problems they see in the website. So this is a great way to learn what the customer has to, to say to you. So I think by now we're all recognizing that there's definitely a, a reoccurring theme here. It's about, you know... Um, how are your customers feeling when they're on your site? And Avinash recently wrote a post on Occam's Razor, his blog, about um, a sweet spot for improving pages with low conversions or high bounce rates. And that's, you know, an old classic uh, problem that <laughs> we've used analytics to try to resolve for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, really trying to get down to the customer intent seems to be the key there. So how can we glean insight about that? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I think a lot of people say, look, I created this website and I have this wonderful web page and it's really God's gift to humanity and, and how come everybody bounces? Like, why do people like, don't, you know, why don't people love me? And the, and the reality is that oftentimes we have a certain, as, as owners of websites and, and creators of these web pages, we have a certain purpose that we want those pages to accomplish. We want those pages to get us conversions or sign-ups or whatever. But the reality is that we don't often take into consideration why people might be coming to the web page or why people might come to the website. And, and that's what I call customer intent. And, and through sort of showing three different pictures, I, I sort of outline that. Um, if, if, if your web page does not meet customer intent, people will leave instantly because on average, people give two and a half seconds to a web page before they decide to leave. That's not a lot of time for you to connect with somebody who came to your website. And uh, is this good, you know, that all of us on the web have ADD? Well, it's not, but it's something you definitely have to deal with. So some of the ideas that I shared in my post were um, that trying to understand intent by, for example, uh, looking at all the keywords that drove traffic to that particular page. Um, any web analytics tool that you use, uh, you know, Yahoo Analytics or Google Analytics or any tool, will tell you here are the 10, 20, 30 keywords that drove people to this particular page. So look at those keywords and say, hey, do those keywords, are, are, are they telling me 
what people might be looking for, and do I actually have that stuff on this page? So, so you know, funny example is, you know, if, if I come to the website with all these keywords related to iPods and, and you're selling underwear, there, there might be a problem, right? It, it might not have Just gotten a optimized a certain different way. Or, or, or you, I, I gave this funny example that I actually searched for vegetarian shoes, and, and the first link to, I clicked on the first link that came up on paid search. Paid search. Somebody advertised for vegetarian shoes, and they did a paid search ad, and I clicked through it, landed on a page about swimsuits. I'm like, you just paid me to puke on you and leave right away, right? <laughs> so, so look at the keywords. Now, the keyword would have told the person who, who owned the, word, uh, the page on swimsuits that, hey, people are coming to this page on vegetarian shoes, and it's not a great idea. So keywords are a great way to, think, to, to find out what might be wrong. The other one might be to look at the calls to action on pages, right? So, so what's the purpose of the page, and what's the big call to action? And I sort of gave three or four different examples from, from Fry's Electronics, HP, Dell, Xerox, to show how HP and Dell were doing a very bad job of having good call it calls to action versus Xerox, who, who did a magnificent job of doing that. And maybe I'll, I'll give you one last example, which is, which is to do, uh, use the power of testing and experimentation to, to create pages that align with customer intent. So there are three screenshots in the post about a, a online game called Warrior Epic and, and how they took a page that was really long and it was still clean and sexy and chic, right? The, the original page. But it had these sort of four calls to action. Uh, you know, visit the site, download Play Now, sign up for an account and send to a friend. And through the power of they did testing experimentation using the Google uh, website optimizers. It's a free tool that anybody can use. Um, and, and what they did is they took three iterations of the page, and the page that they thought would never win, like would never connect with customers, actually had the higher, highest conversions, and it had the lowest bounce rates. In fact, they reduced the page by almost uh, 70% of the content was gone, and they only had one call to action, join now for free. And you can see the screenshots, and you'll see how by, by using the power of testing, they were able to be proven wrong, and yet the customers got what they wanted. So those were some of the ideas that I had shared where you can take, um, take your web pages, align them with customer intent, and then improve conversions in ROI. Just, this is just, just, just a, oh. something, just something I, one specific report I think is excellent to understand customer intent is the internal site search. So you can see exactly what people are looking for in the website. So, for example, if people come to the homepage, for example, and they, they look for CDs, and you have just books on the homepage, so it looks like you're missing something on the homepage. You should include link to, to the CD section, for example, or maybe people are looking for something that you don't have in the website. So you should probably, I don't know, maybe increase your, I don't know, your, your offerings or something. So... When you, under, when you see what people are searching on the website, you also understand quite well what they're looking for in the website. Thank you guys so much. This is just a little piece of your vast knowledge of analytics that I think everyone needs to try to tap into. So they can start by picking up a copy of SEMJ.org. Um, go over to the site, and part one is available now for download. And, of course, uh, Twitter is obviously a great way to just kind of get <laughs> into their brains. Uh, both go by their full names and tweet some amazing resources for analytics and online marketing. Thank you so much, Avinash and Daniel, for coming on the show. Thank you, Virginia.
Thank you very much, Virginia. It's time for a quick break, but when we come back, I'll be talking to Jim Stern, founding president of the Web Analytics Association. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, affiliates, do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the UK, France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com. The science of performance. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com, brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and by now you know that today's show is all about analytics. It's no surprise then that we've invited one of the leaders in the web analytics world to come on the show today. I'd like to welcome Jim Stern, chairman of the Web Analytics Association and founder of the eMetrics Marketing Optimization Summit. Jim, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me, Virginia. It's always a pleasure. Uh, actually, just as an aside, Jim, you were the very first uh, guest here on SEM Synergy back in April of last year. So it's great to have you back. And I'm delighted to be back. It's it's nice to know that uh, even though I get kicked out of nice places, some will invite me to return. <laughs> um, it's actually, you know, some convenient timing on my part. I was trying to think of um, some interesting analytics um, stories that are going on. And of course, the eMetric Summit is coming to Washington, D.C. in October. Um, and it's a conference, if, for those who don't know, that's focused on educating attendees about using analytics to optimize online marketing efforts. And um, I guess a good place to start this conversation might be the topic of the keynote, which you'll be giving at the conference. And it's called Translating Web Intelligence into Business Value. 
um, it, it, from the description, it says you're going to be talking about how web intelligence can be used for more than making your site better. So how else can we expect to improve our business through web intelligence like analytics? This is, uh, it's, it's watching the maturity model of analytics users that says we, we start with, oh, look, I've got some numbers. Uh, let's chart them on the wall and see them all going up and to the right. And isn't that great? And then people do benchmarking. Am I, am I getting more traffic than I did yesterday? Am I getting better conversions than I did yesterday? Then we want to start doing analysis to improve the website. Why are people coming to our website? What are they trying to accomplish? And, and are the changes we're making helping them do it better and faster that we can use the numbers for that? And that's the classic web analytics. Let's optimize the website. The next step is optimizing your marketing. So I'm doing all kinds of messaging online. I'm using different pictures online. I'm using different descriptions of my products online. And what people click on and what they gravitate to uh, helps me understand how I should be marketing offline. So it takes a long time to produce a trade show booth or a magazine ad. And I can do some quick tests online to determine, hey, you know what? My next direct mail piece should say this, this, and this. So it's a way to optimize the marketing. From there, you want to optimize your business. Because you can look at this data as a leading indicator of the marketplace. You can tell what people are interested in. You can tell what features they, they want you to add to your products. You can tell uh, what new territories you should enter uh, if, you're not, if, you're, if you're a retail establishment or you want to hire more direct salespeople. So it's, it's a new data stream that's going to help us identify how to make the business better. So it's not just website. It's not just marketing. It's all a business. I think it's always fascinating to look at how something like analytics or SEO or marketing online, you know, kind of evolves over the years as far as the approach that people take and like what uh, what they can really learn from this information. And in a way, we can kind of see that in the evolution of the eMetrics Summit itself. Uh, it started out in 2002 and over the years, um, there's, there's always a different kind of theme for the show, which, you know, has ranged from case studies to um, connecting the online and offline business. So what's the big theme for 2009? Well, the history has been fun to watch. It was, you know, the first was, really, you do this job too? I, I thought I was the only one in the world because I'm, I'm the only one <laughs> in my company. And then we moved to, um, yeah, there, here's some examples of how I'm actually doing it. And then it was, oh, well, let's talk about the technology. Then it was, ooh, how do we convince upper management that this is a good idea? So this mm -hmm. time around, it's, it, the focus is, you know, last year it was a lot of crying, frankly, of, of, hey, we don't have any money now. What do we do? So you know, <laughs> tough call for tough measures. This time around, it's, look, we know we've got a small budget. We know that we have fewer people on hand, so we're responsible for more stuff. Let's, let's back away from the theory a little bit and talk about practically what is happening in the field. So I've gone way overboard trying to make sure that all of the sessions are be presented by people who are working for companies doing the actual work rather than being the consultants and the thought leaders who, who will be there. You know, there. There are reasons for them to show up too and we've got clinics and laboratories and stuff like that. 
but the sessions are presented by name brand companies that you know. How are we actually doing the work? What, given all of this stuff that's possible, what's really practical? What's actually working today? So we're, we're, we're getting down to the feet on the ground, rubber meets the road. How do we actually make this stuff work? And you can see that in uh, a bunch of workshops that you guys have, like um, Google Analytics training, um, the Pimp Your Reports uh, workshop, uh, landing page testing, and then also, you know, the key- like you just said, the, the keynote speaker um, from NBC, I believe it was, and, and them talking about how they've uh, moved to digital um, tracking and that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's... You know, the, the workshops are the hands-on kind of let's get you trained. And the sessions are, okay, it's just us. How, how are we doing? How well is it going these days? Okay, very cool. Um, so another big hot topic as far as uh, web intelligence goes has been um, ROI tracking and uh, attribution. Um, and I recently had a chance to hear a presentation about uh, it was called the new search ROI, and it was pretty much about how businesses are paying attention to more than just conversions. Um, you know, things like engagement and indicators of interest are also worth measuring. And uh, one speaker suggested something called like a multiple conversion event. Um, have you seen any success in multiple aversion event model or one that takes into account assists to the conversion? Well, assist. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of models and there's a lot of effort and we're getting pretty much into the weeds. We're getting down into the, gosh, it depends. And it's not just on the industry or the company, but the product line and even the type of campaign that you're running will determine what model works for an assist, which just really quickly let me explain. If somebody comes to your website having searched on cameras and then they come back later having searched on digital cameras. And then they come back later having searched for Nikon cool pics with this particular model number. Well, obviously, that last one is the, is the conversion point. That's, they're looking for a particular product they're ready to buy. But if they had not come to your website earlier on digital cameras or before that on cameras, then they wouldn't have bought from you. So clearly, you've got to keep buying those generic terms. They assist the sale. Now, how do, you, how do you give proper credit to the generic keywords, proper credit to the, uh, the banner ads, proper credit to the direct mail pieces, to the magazine ads? It's, it's a really tough problem to solve, but one that everybody is really focused on today. And I think it's especially um, being stressed in light of the fact that uh, the economy is the way it is and you know budgets need to prove their ROI and um, everyone wants to get credit for what they're doing but until now it's never been quite such a dire situation yeah I mean it's it used to be we had enough money to, to get out the meat cleaver and and the hammer now it's the the scalpel and the ball peen hammer. We're trying to move very carefully to move a little bit of money from here to there to see if we can really get an, an uptick in the final results. And it's a, you know, nobody can afford to say, hey, I know, let's just stop doing all display advertising and see what happens. 
but that's that's the the only empirical test that would work. Okay. Um, so what about social media? Another huge hot topic, an emerging channel in marketing, uh, and another one that's kind of been difficult as far as um, assigning you know ROI to something like a Facebook page, for instance. Um, what's the thinking these days about how to measure the effect of social media efforts? Well, there's two pieces to it. Uh, one is the good old-fashioned uh, did it result in sales? And, and you can do that all the way from did it drive traffic? Did it engage people? Are they engaged off of your website talking about you? It's reach and frequency and, and visibility, and that's all great. Then the next part is uh, sentiment analysis, which is to say one part of it is good old-fashioned brand metrics. Are you aware of our company? How do you feel about our company? Uh, did you know that uh, finger licking good is our you know, statement behind our chicken? Or are you confusing us with somebody else? Standard, good old classic stuff. But now we're going to mix that in with influence analysis to determine, well, gee, if, if Jim Stern retweets this message, it goes out to thousands of people. But if Guy Kawasaki retweets this message, it goes out to hundreds of thousands of people. And who's got the influence, who's being read, who has the impact? It's, uh, it's this cross between it's, – it's the first time the brand people and the PR people have really faced the face online and said, okay, we've got to come up with a way of figuring out, again, where we're going to put our effort, where we're going to spend our money. Are we going to try to build up our fan page or are we going to try to build up our Twitter followers – uh, and, and when we do send out just the right tweet in just the right way, can we measure it and analyze why it was successful so we can repeat it? I like that point about uh, it's the first time the brand people and the PR people are coming together. It's interesting. Okay. Um, so, oh, oh, this is kind of a just out of curiosity. When you're planning something like the eMetrics uh, Summit, uh, or a, a large conference like this, how do you pick the uh, the speakers and topics? Do you start with um, like a concept in mind that you want to um, find the right speakers to help illustrate that? Or are you kind of coming at it from the attendee viewpoint? Like you have a question and you want to see who might be able to answer it. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a little of each and some... You know, magic fairy dust. Um, I start out with what should the tracks be? What are the big broad issues that people really need to focus on? So, you know, for for example, we're doing the uh, multi-channel metrics track and, and voice of customer. And what about government and nonprofits? And of course, social media. And and what about deep data diving? You know, the people who are really into the to the the, the numbers crunching. What what about something for them? And then it's a matter of reaching out and finding where are the case studies, who are the brand name companies that are ready, willing, and able. Um, I had half a dozen different people say, geez, I'd love to speak. Oh, no, sorry, they won't let me. Uh, this is proprietary. We're not allowed to talk about this out there. So it's, it's always fun trying to put together a full stable of speakers when you're going after the brands. When you're going after the uh, the consultants, you know who are the experts? Who's who is the expert at engagement? Oh well, great. I'll just call Eric Peterson and ask him to come. We're done. But when you're trying to find a company that can talk about engagement really well, eh, it gets a little trickier. Mm. 
and that's going to play a, a big role in something like a conference where you're focused on getting the uh, the real kind of practical tactical approach to um, marketing optimization. Um, exactly. I'm looking forward to you know in in the year to come when the economy is improving to go back to the let's bring the thought leaders together again let's look to the future but right now let everybody needs to really focus on minding their knitting it's you know it's knit one pearl two is that the best way to do this great thanks i'm going to go back to my office and make it happen now all right um so you can read more from Jim at targeting.com. You'll find uh, links to his five books and myriad of articles. And, of course, you can find out more about the eMetrics Summit at www.emetrics.org. That's happening October 19th through the 23rd in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for coming on the show again, Jim. Thank you, Virginia, and anytime. And with that, we conclude our special all analytics edition of SEM Synergy. We hope you all enjoyed our examination of the latest trends and approaches to search and web analytics. And again, thanks to Avinash Kaushik, Daniel Weisberg, and Jim Stern for coming on the show. This is Virginia signing off. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. 